0: I've been rich and I've been poor, okay? So in Toronto, if you look, if I showed you my street, the average house is $20 million, okay? Uh, I drive a Lamborghini. I'm very successful in business, and I don't do it to show off or to feel like I'm better than someone else. These are like personal goals that I've accomplished myself in my day-to-day life. Travel for me is my trophy. I'm 44 years old. I've been working my ass off self-employed for 20 years. This is my trophy. When I travel to a country or people watch me Uh, on YouTube. They see me in a black t-shirt with some flamboyant glasses. They have no idea as to my history or my accomplishments. And that's what I want. Because when people know you have a Lamborghini in a mansion, they treat you different. And I don't want to be treated different. I want to be treated like anybody else in any other country.
1: Today on the show, we have Christmas List.
2: The fact that he set it as a mission for him to... to complete this list of traveling to multiple countries, living in all of these countries within a span of like five years. He said his main mission was to complete 20 to 30 countries per year. And that's, to be honest,
1: that's a that's a tough one, man. And that fact that he does it on a whim, right? He said he doesn't have any plans at all. He just goes and travels to a new place Very and spontaneous. he has an adventure.
0: So the channel is like, a, it, it, it's a personal project for me. Uh, the way I looked at it is I was already traveling the world and I would come home and share stories with people I meet every day. I'll be like, wow, I was in this country and so and so happened. And it was a recurring theme where people would say, like, why aren't you recording this? You know, I, I think the world would want to see. Uh, and my mindset is like, I didn't want to make it a job, but I did want to keep the memory. Right. So I'm like, let me give this a shot. Uh, and it became addicting, like uh, having a camera actually allowed me or got me into places that I couldn't get in if I didn't have a camera. I found people act nicer if I had a camera. What? So it was like a win-win situation. I'm recording and documenting my enjoyment and travels, and also people are treating me nicer because they don't want to look like jerks on camera, right? So uh, <laughs> you know, you that, know That's you an can...
2: interesting psychological study right there. It's just like you know, <laughs> human, human behavior changes when there's a camera involved.
0: Most of the time, there are some people in some countries that just like just don't like cameras uh, and you got to deal with it. But, you know, the the secondary to that, I look at YouTube as like uh, the ultimate resource for everything. I use YouTube all the time for years and years. and years. Uh, I'm not good at reading books. Uh, I, I don't have the patience. I love the ability to go to YouTube and just like YouTube anything, how to change a light bulb, like as simple as that. Um, So, I mean, adding more content to what I believe to be like the best search engine in the world, uh, it means a lot to me. Um, And also knowing that there's some storage that, you know, could last longer than me. You know, when I'm off this planet, assuming that YouTube is still around, my kids and possibly my kids' kids can be watching uh, adventures from grandpa around the world. So uh, it was a no brainer to jump into YouTube and, and now it's become like somewhat of an addiction Because it's like, how can I create better content? How can I film better angles or ask better questions? Uh, So I think it's actually really propelling me to to take more adventurous trips. Um, So I'm very grateful for the platform itself of YouTube. And that's sort of how I got into it. Mm
1: -hmm. And you find that most people around the world know what YouTube is, right? So I I find
0: like in the last year, things have changed. Because, like, I'm a business owner, right? I've been a a self-employed entrepreneur for 20 years. I do very well for myself. So a year ago, when I was starting YouTube two years ago, if somebody came to me and be like, wow, Chris is a YouTuber, I would be insulted. I'm like, I'm not a YouTuber, right? Like, if I play basketball on the weekend, I'm not a basketball player, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just somebody that likes to play basketball. So I looked at YouTube as, like, a demeaning term. Over the course of the last year, maybe even starting when I was in Ukraine during the war, uh, you know, they call me a YouTuber and I started feeling pride from the term. Not, not because this is my business, but it's like people are starting to appreciate that uh, somebody can pick up a camera, travel, do their own little form of journalism and make it entertaining. Um, so now coming back from Pakistan and Afghanistan last week, uh, it's like they, they really look up to YouTubers where I always thought the term YouTuber was like something very negative. Like, oh, he's only a YouTuber. But now it's like, wow, this guy's a YouTuber. So it, yeah, the term itself I think has really changed for me in the last year or slightly longer.
1: Mm-hmm. And when you're, when you're traveling, how do you introduce yourself to like these people? Cause so I assume you have a, a guide with you. Um, how do you meet these guides, first of all? Yeah.
0: yeah sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So if <laughs> mm-hmm. it's an English speaking country, I normally like to start by myself um, and just talk to people. So how do I meet them? It depends on the country. Sometimes it's a Google search. Uh, sometimes it's like a friend has already been there. Uh, there's another website called like uh, tours by locals where they're not traditional tour guides, but they're people that know the area. Uh, and I meet some great people that way. Um, it, it really the answer really depends on the country that I'm in. Um, but, I mean, I found that having a good translator slash guide that's local makes the difference between a great vacation and an average vacation. Because if somebody, and I say ad- vacation, let's say adventure, uh, because if somebody really knows their, their city or country, they can get me in places that I couldn't have even imagined. Uh, so, research does go in for me when I hit a country on finding the right person.
2: Yeah, so... It sounds like language is, also, is a very important skill to have when you're traveling yeah. to these countries, if you like, can learn your own few sentences, because when we were talking with our previous guest, Mac, he also mentioned language, communication, uh, when you want to travel, like it's an important skill.
0: You know what, I don't, my mind doesn't have the capacity to remember um, words, so I mean, when I go to a country, really my goal is to know the three or four common terms like hello, how are you, uh, thank you. Um, I, I really depend on having somebody with me, that a translator, that is really good. So, I mean, when I, when I hire somebody and pay them, even if their job is not translating, like I just meet them on the street and they speak English well, I, I sit them down and tell them what my expectations are. Because mm-hmm. uh, I never want to seem rude to a place or a people. Uh, so, I want to make sure they're on the ball. And if I'm talking out loud and telling them thank you, that they're automatically relaying the message to the local uh because especially with youtube i find that that's a, a huge issue uh when you cannot speak the language people get quite upset if you miss mispronounce a word and etc so having the right translator is very important okay
1: let's jump right into it <laughs> what's the most dangerous situation you've been in
0: chris You think that would be an easy question. I, I really don't get in many dangerous situations. Like I've never been robbed before. Mm -hmm. Um, I've never had anything really negative happen to me besides like, you know, common sickness. Uh, In Cuba, uh, I was arrested for flying a drone, but my charge wasn't for flying a drone. My charge was like espionage. (laughs) Uh, So I was facing 20 years in jail. Uh, I went to jail for two weeks. Uh, before the Canadian government got me out. That was probably my scariest moment, not because I served two weeks in like a confinement, uh, like the whole, not because of the two weeks. The two weeks I could do, no problem. But it was the not knowing how long I was going to be in jail and having children and a wife at home. Uh, that was the scariest part. But I mean, from a danger perspective, um, I was in one of the favelas, one of the more friendly favelas in Brazil, And I did about 20 favelas by myself, and I'd meet a local and ask them to show me around. And it was like the Michael Jackson favela where he went and filmed the videos in like the early 90s, uh, a video. And some gangsters came up to me with like big machine guns, and they're like, pat my pockets. and, And like they're insinuating, like, give me some money um and i just started getting loud and and i put my arm around the biggest guy i'm like come on tequila tequila let's go tequila and he, we're like yeah tequila and somehow i was able to uh bribe them out of being robbed and i brought them <laughs> to the local bar and we're all drinking like whiskey and, and tequila uh and then i tell them once we had you know five or six shots it's still middle of the day i'm like uh, tomorrow i come with more money and my translator saying he'll come back tomorrow with more money. So they're like, yeah, tomorrow, I obviously had no intention of coming back, uh, but I was able, the, the alcohol was able to help me get out of uh, what could have been a sticky situation.
2: That's one way of to get yourself out of trouble just to, you know, have yeah. some fun with them.
0: Instead. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? I, I look at like uh, dangerous situations as like animals, like animalistic. Uh, if they look at you being scared, you're going to get taken advantage of if they look at you as an equal or somebody that's not going to back down, I always get out of what I think could become sticky situations by just being myself. Right. I'm not, I'm not yeah. scared. Uh I'm going to treat you <clears throat> as an equal, even if you're planning to rob me and, it, and it's always saved me from any kind of problems that might occur.
1: Wow. I mean, going to jail for two weeks in Cuba though, that's, uh, yeah, uh that's pretty like rough, right? <laughs> Cause I mean, it's like, you can you, you think you're invincible at some point, right? Because you're traveling the world, you're filming that's everywhere. Exactly. You know what? You got that's your exactly
0: drone. It. That's exactly it. I, I, when I went in, I knew drones were illegal, right? But my mindset was like, listen, I can talk my way out of anything. What, what are they going to do? They're going to think I'm a spy or they're going to think I have a drone? And, and from a financial standpoint, I'm like, who cares? If they take the drone, I lose a $1,000. Like, that's the worst that could happen. Who cares? Uh, but it wasn't the worst that could happen. Uh, the judicial system down there is not like Canada. Um, and if I complain about the way I was treated, uh, people will say that I'm a privileged white male and I should know the rules in the country. Because in reality, there's no judge. There's no lawyer. There's no nothing. The person that arrests me was the, the head of military. They decide the outcome for me. They decide the charges. There's no... Uh, opportunity for me to rebuttal, There, like, there's nothing. I sit there quiet while they, you know, judge what I've done and decide what my punishment will be. So, uh, being in that that jail cell, you know, I wasn't allowed to leave the cell. So, 24 hours a day, I was in the cell. I could shout across, and there was a man from Russia, uh, and I, and he spoke a little English. So I would just ask, like, how long have you been here? And he, and I remember him telling me, like, they're still doing investigation on him. I said, investigation, how long? And, they, and he's telling me, well, at least two years for investigation. So my mindset is I'm going to be in this dark hole for two years, uh, which is a scary thought. And that's before sentencing. So I guarantee that man is still there now. Canada has a really good relationship with Cuba. Uh, and I believe that's the only reason I, I've been let out free.
2: Do you, when you're on your travels, <laughs> like when you've obviously been to like 100 countries, do you feel like walking around since you've mentioned white man privilege, yep. do you see you like how you get maybe treated differently or looked at differently yeah.
0: around the world? Both, both ways. So from a like on the ground perspective, people like white people, it depends on the country. But I mean, if I'm in Africa, uh, I'm in a tribe tribal area that's never seen a white person before while wow, their eyes are open, they want to touch me. They want to talk to me. Um, and, and even like in Pakistan, right, like the, the way they treat a white person is, is like on a pedestal, like, wow, the, this is a white person here. Um, but then the opposite from a YouTube perspective, uh, because I seem to get the blame for everything as a white man. Right. I was in Haiti recently. Uh, my videos did really well. I got a couple million views and the comments are like, well, your people caused this poverty. And it's always like your people (laughs) and I'm like, my people, like, well, what plan am I a part of? What do you mean? My people, I'm a white man. Um, I have no military history. I never invaded myself, any country. I'm not a politician. Um, I have no involvement at all in anything, any war or conflict or poverty. Now, if you feel comfortable blaming me as a white man, then blame me, right? This is the, the game on YouTube. So it goes both ways. Uh, it's great from a certain yep. perspective. From from a ultimate perspective, uh, I'm to blame a lot for the world's problems. Me personally, I think,
2: <laughs> I think people fail to uh, differentiate between the term between the the white man and like the individual they're speaking to, because they yep. blame all the responsibility on the white man, but the white man is like a collective, and then you as an individual you come and you're. You obviously have your own personality. It's not like you attribute to the group of white men just because you Mm -hmm. look like them doesn't mean you are. You know, I'm not
0: participating in like any party that's like protesting and being like, let's invade uh, Afghanistan. Like, I'm not pro anything. Yeah. Um, So I need to be judged. Listen, this is YouTube, right? This is social media. Everybody that has an opinion will share it with you. I understand I'm not going to agree with everyone. Uh, It's funny because a comment just showed up right now on one of my YouTube videos. I don't know which one. And it says racist. Um, (laughs) The the timing is perfect. It's in my upper right hand. Uh, His name is K-A-N. Said I'm a racist. Um, So, I mean. That would be nice to see if we could pull it up. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and you're like no thanks
0: <laughs> yeah exactly to be, to be 100% upfront. it says lol racist so i don't know what he's laughing at something something i did was racist so uh, yeah it, go, it goes both ways and look look there's no changing it i'm a white man right so it's something i'm gonna have to deal with
1: mm-hmm. yeah oh you know it's yeah exactly it's um i mean everyone has judgments and, and stereotypes right and the way to counter that is to do what you're doing which is traveling everywhere and and then you get to see all these people and you realize, oh, they're more similar than we think, right? And (laughs) you can't judge individuals the same as- I
0: can openly say I am not a racist anything in my body, right, I know people could say that, but uh, like my wife is from the Philippines, so my children are half Filipino. I don't show them on my travel channel and when I don't visit an Asian company uh, country, I'll get comments like, do you hate Asian people? Like, why aren't you in uh, the Philippines or Vietnam? They don't realize my wife and children. So, I mean, a lot of this is like built up assumptions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I can't be in every country at one time. So, if I visit three black countries in a row, it's not because I hate white people. It's Mm because I just traveled to three black countries. Like, people find a reason to be upset. And, Mm -hmm. you know, really, I'm a 44-year-old man. Nothing that they say can upset me. Yeah, I'm who, my cares? Own it's a joke, who cares? The joke, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, you are still, you know, yeah, a whole life ahead of you, of course, and you still got plenty of travels to go to. And um, so, yes. uh, how do you plan? So, you, how do you plan your travels? Let's uh, get into that. Yeah, I don't. It's, yeah, it's, you don't at all. <laughs> I don't know. You know
0: what? I, I've met quite a few travelers on my adventures, uh, and I know they really pre- pre-plan. Uh, but the truth is, I don't plan at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, my business is doing well and has been doing for a long time. So there's no financial constraint. I see. If I want to leave today, I leave today. Uh, and I do what I want. What I find is sometimes I just get the urge to go. Um, so, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's very disorganized for others, but for me, it's like get a one way ticket to somewhere and that might end up somewhere else. Uh, and who knows how long I'll be there. So it's all nothing I do is like backpacking or frugal or couch surfing not at all. Like I'm 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 going as a tourist. I'm staying in the best hotels most of the time when available. Uh, I don't take first class flights, but I take a flight wherever I want to go. So there's no planning at all.
1: Mm-hmm. And um how do you know when to come back, right? If you <laughs> but you book a yeah. one-way trip. <laughs>
0: my body will like, traveling. <laughs> Afghanistan, I was just gone five and a half weeks and it was too long for me. Like I enjoyed my time there, but I miss my family. So normally four weeks is like my cap. And I stop losing, like I lose motivation. You know, when you're shooting YouTube videos and I'm trying to shoot one or two a day, I need to be upbeat and enthusiastic. And the moment I stop having that passion, I'm just tired. I don't want to be creating videos. I don't want to show myself as like a sad guy traveling. So I, my body just knows when the time is right to head home.
2: And what's the longest you've stayed in one country?
0: Uh, well, like before I met my wife, Eight months. I I moved to Jamaica for eight months. Um, as a younger guy, where I had the energy, um, but I mean, most of the time when I'm in a country, I, two weeks, two three weeks. But if I love a country, I'll I'll return often, sometimes multiple times per year.
2: Oh, and like, wow. do you, do you think the lo- the longer you stay, like, it affects your connection, obviously, with the yeah. country? So, yeah, sure. would you say maybe Jamaica is one of your top choices?
0: No. No. That was, that was, no. When, I, when I was a that was a
2: brutally honest. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, uh, I want to go back to Jamaica because when I went, I was like 20 years old, so it was a long time ago. Uh, I find now, as an experienced traveler, I get more out of a country. So I think if I went back to Jamaica for two weeks right now, I would get more out of it than I did when I was 20 years old and not knowing how to travel properly. Uh, But I mean, the longer I stay in a country, definitely the more I like it, like the country, because if I didn't like it, I would just leave. And there are countries I I go to and I, I have this expectation, but it's, it's not the expectation. So I just leave.
2: So, and obviously when you were younger, the planning might've been different or was it the same style, same technique?
0: Yeah. When you're broke, you have to plan, you have to save, you have to plan, you got to ask the boss, can I get time off work? Uh, I don't need any of that anymore. Right, I don't need to do that. So it, it's changed my whole the whole process of traveling.
2: How old were you when you started? Like the, the whole traveling? traveling, the whole traveling strategy. Yes.
0: Well, Jamaica was when I was twenty years old. So my first trip alone, where I'm not going to a hotel, where I'm going like to stay in the actual village and rented a house when I was twenty. Uh, but over the last five years, I've been taking it a lot more serious. Like where I said, I gotta, I gotta see twenty new countries a year. And I've been doing that over the last five years. Like, I'm on a mission now to see every country in the world. So I got to be somewhat strategic, knowing that, yes, I love visiting Egypt. Yes, I really enjoyed myself in Afghanistan. I could return, but I need to see more of the world. So I I put it, like, on a rotation Mm -hmm. where I do want to go back to Afghanistan, but I'll wait two years because I need to check 40 other countries off my list before I go back.
1: Wow. And um, would you say, like, it ever gets, like... Like you have too many choices now is that a thing where you're like oh i don't know should i go to asia or yeah. europe like for me it's like i want to go to hawaii because that's the closest thing next to me right now you know it's like yeah. that's what my means are capable of but for you it's like oh um do you ever get that like decision fatigue or is it hard for you to make no i don't, decisions? I, don't. No? I just
0: think that, like it's like the the options are all like what i want to do like i want to see mm-hmm. the world Right. So as long as I'm picking a country either that I've already visited and really enjoyed or I get to check a new bunch of countries off my list, it's like it's always beneficial to me. Like I'm always excited about it. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about the world itself, it has under 200 countries. Right. So it's not like a million options It's 200 options. Uh, and, You know, and I've seen 112 of them. So I'm 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 getting to the point where it's more difficult to travel to the countries I want to. Like even with the simple visa process. Um, So, I mean, it's exciting for me. It's exciting. I haven't lost interest at all.
1: I mean, you're lucky you have the Canadian passport, right? It can take you anywhere. <laughs> you
0: know what? I I know how lucky I am, and it, there are some countries that treat a Canadian passport poorly, which I still don't understand why. Uh, but no <laughs> doubt, you know, being a Canadian is easier than being Egyptian and traveling. There's no mm-hmm. doubt.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I can. Uh, I can vouch for that. Uh, being a Leban- with a Lebanese passport, so
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> takes you to twelve yeah, places. It, it, it must be
0: very, very, very difficult. Uh, mm-hmm. I know. I've, I've seen and I've I've heard the stories.
2: Yeah, but we, but you, you know, you you push yourself through. Like to be honest, I think every person's uh, circumstances are within their, you know, within their reach if they put their minds to it. I mean, yeah. it surprises you what you're capable of to. Uh, to make out with your situation, if you learn to be aware of what your situation is trying to teach you and what kind of person it can make you. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. okay, I have a Lebanese passport, you have a Canadian passport, but we're obviously not living the same lives because that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not the that outlook you're supposed to have, but we're, you know, both living our lives. I don't know. I don't yeah. Like, obviously just saying it like that sounds a bit, you know, Yeah. it's hard to understand. I don't know if I'm even saying it correctly.
0: <laughs> I think I got you. I think we're on equal uh, mindset. I, I, I understand what you're trying to say.
2: So uh, what's your opinion on from that on that uh, outlook?
0: Uh, well, 100%. Like, well, first and foremost, I think one of my, my best traits and the reason I'm able to travel uh, to the places I am. Like, for example, I was in Haiti three months ago uh, mm-hmm. during a gang war. And I went there specifically because I was watching the news and they're like, worst gang war in history. So I tell my wife, like, let me get in there. So <laughs> in She's like, what are you going to do in Haiti? I'm like, well, I'm going to infiltrate the gangs. I want to hear the inside scoop. She's like, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to go in two days. So the first day I got there, I, tra- I I hired a typical travel guide. He came, he picked me up at the airport. He had this itinerary on paper. He gave it to me. He spoke perfect English. It's like, we're going to go to the museum. We're going to go to this. We're going to see the monument, the statue. I looked at him and I said, I could tell you're a nice guy. We're not going to do any of this. I want to go meet the biggest gangsters in Haiti, and I want to document them. He ripped the page in front of me. He's like, I've been waiting for this my whole life. And, <laughs> he, he was, and he, his, his eyes lit up because he's like, instead of doing boring shit that's boring, that I've done like it's redundant, it's over and over again, I finally found a crazy tourist that wants to do something I enjoy doing so going back to it, what I think my trade is, and to sort of answer your question, when I went into the gangster area, I went right up to the gangster. He has tattoos. I have tattoos. I said, look, I respect you. We're equal. I said, even in my video, if you were born in Canada, exactly as you look, you might have been a teacher or a doctor, but you were born in the ghettos and slums of Haiti. That's made you become a gangster, a killer. I want to document you. Can I follow you for the day? He said, Yes didn't ask me for no money never was i concerned for my health or my safety so i believe answering your question we're all equal and i genuinely believe that i treat everyone like an equal right even though i don't feel like people treat me like an equal um it's a weird double standard but i go into these places and i treat people drug addicts criminals killers i don't i don't appreciate the fact that this guy's killed 13 people Right. I I don't want to boost him and say that this is the type of individual that I want to surround myself with. But for the limited day or two that I'm with him, I'm going to treat him like a human. And I'm going to understand why he's had to do what he's had to do in his lifetime. And I'm also going to understand that me being born in Toronto in a decent neighborhood with two parents, I'm not in the same predicament. So let me treat them like an equal. So you're in Lebanon, you're Lebanese. He's from Afghanistan. We're all brothers. We're all equal. I would never treat anyone different. But let's get down to the reality. The ability to travel has a lot to do with the fact that I'm an employed Canadian that has money and has a Canadian passport. Somebody in Afghanistan that's warring up, uh, growing up as a nomad will never have the same opportunity as me. So I got to be a realist and realize I've been given a privilege that most people will not have. And I understand that and I, and I, I don't know how to put it like I don't put it in front of people on a pedestal, but I got to be a realist and realize I do have that opportunity. So for me not to use the opportunity for me feels like a waste of time. So I'm like, I got this opportunity, what I'm going to sit at home. I'm not going to enjoy it. So I don't look at it as a negative, but I treat all people equally all the time.
1: Um, That's awesome. I love that outlook. That's really empathetic and very worldly and just very caring of others. And
0: Um, I I think think something that's important to me, I've been rich and I've been poor. Okay, so in Toronto, if you look, if I showed you my street, the average house is 20 million dollars. Okay, I drive a Lamborghini. I'm very successful in business and I don't do it to show off or to feel like I'm better than someone else. These are like personal goals that I've accomplished myself in my day to day life. Travel for me is my trophy. I'm 44 years old. I've been working my ass off self-employed for 20 years. This is my trophy. When I travel to a country or people watch me uh, Mm -hmm. on YouTube, they see me in a black T-shirt with some flamboyant glasses. They have no idea as to my history or my accomplishments. And that's what I want. Because when people know you have a Lamborghini in a mansion, they treat you different. And I don't want to be treated different. I want to be treated like anybody else in any other country. So I get to see the world from both perspectives because I've been broke. I've been on social, you know, where the government, if they don't pay me that month, I have no food to eat. So I think it's not about just being empathetic to people. It's about understanding that we're all humans. I'm not no different now as a millionaire than I was when I was broke. I'm exactly the same person. So why would I treat other people differently for their current situation? Right. So this is as authentic as it can get. Uh, and, and I think that's what makes me slightly different than travelers. Like when I watch some of these travel vloggers, I'm disgusted by the fact that their whole brand is selling the fact that they're going to the scariest country, mm. the most. Every video they post is like, "Do not go," or "Travel not welcome," or the most dangerous country in the world. It, it, it's you're not painting a good picture for the country that you're visiting. You know why to get extra views for yourself. So you'll never see that kind of ridiculousness from me. It's always trying to paint the best picture possible to you know to endorse the country I'm in to promote the culture that i'm learning and i would never ever do the stuff that i see other people doing because they're doing it for a need for money they need views okay this is their job for me i could care less i don't need to make a penny from youtube and i'm going to continue with my mission so the fact that this is passion over profit for me allows me to do the most authentic job possible
1: i understand now and uh, yeah watching your videos i was wondering like do you think about um the effect your videos have on the people in the videos when you leave them <laughs> like the haiti videos for example right where you uh are talking to gangsters and they're telling you the ins and outs of the trades and stuff like that um is that somewhat somewhat
0: like them? And harm them. at all or
1: what do you think about that yeah
0: yes i do think about it uh, in Haiti is like one of those spots where it's like a lawless part of the country um, you know this guy walks up and down the street shooting people every day of the week um, so I mean he's an adult he knows I'm videotaping him right he can decide for himself mm. uh, there are often times where I interview people that say they don't want to see their face or they want to wear a mask I'm okay with that uh, but I let them decide I, I know the comments are like you know you're, 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 you're ratting you're snitching on this guy He's a grown man. He decides for himself what he wants to do. My job is not to get him in trouble. He had no problem showing his face. So no, I don't, I don't think about it at all.
2: By the way, you also mentioned earlier, um, you have a mission and I'm presuming there's a message that comes with this with this mission. Do you mind sharing it with us?
0: Yeah, there's really not a mission. It's a selfish mission. You know, as a kid uh, not having money, uh, not having education. You know, I, I graduated from high school and then finished. I just never been good at learning. I was always bad in school. I hated geography. I hated history. Uh, and then I started traveling. And, we, and it was like this, this awakening that like, wow, I'm not that stupid. It's just I'm not good at reading books. I need to learn by experience. And then it became addicting. Like if I go to Paris, I'm going to learn about Paris. Uh, so it's a selfish thing. My mission is selfish right? Like my mission is to enjoy every minute of my own personal life. Like if you want to add a little bit more, I do want to treat people well. And financially, most of the time off camera, I get great enjoyment out of visiting a country and, and being able to help, you know, bring water to a village that never had water before. Uh, and I don't record that on video because I don't want to seem like my purpose is to build my own like ego, right? So I, I do it, but I do it silently. Uh, so my mission is to see every country in the world, enjoy life and help people along the way, but also understanding that, you know, I don't have enough money in the world to help every single person that I meet. It's Im- it's impossible. It's a mission that is not possible. So helping a little by little, it, it makes me feel good. It makes my heart a little bit, uh, I don't know, pump a little bit faster.
2: <laughs> you know, something uh, about the term sp- being selfish. I feel like there's always a negative connotation when people look at it or when they mention it. and I disagree. I feel like being selfish is is crucial in certain areas of your life, certain moments especially especially, but there's more to it than just being you know self serving in a way where you hurt someone for yourself or like you know you gain benefit from sadistic acts. It can also be for things such as maybe meditation or self reflection or just having time by yourself like these are things for me they're selfish acts, but they're they're good selfish acts they're not toxic they don't harm anyone and i feel like being selfish in the way you were mentioning it is was it's crucial for you because it allows progression allows to improve as a person and i feel like everyone should one way or another become selfish and it's not an ego thing at all from i i would say (laughs) you got to put the mask
1: on yourself before you put on the mask on the person next to you (laughs) yeah exactly yeah you you have to take care of yourself
0: yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Uh, so yeah, 100%. Like my, my selfishness is, is in no means or ways uh, intended to hurt anyone else, uh, or I wouldn't be selfish. Because then I'm a very unselfish person. Uh, when I say selfish, I mean taking the the time, as you mentioned, from a personal standpoint. You know, I run a busy business where my normal workday is running around with 30 people, uh, meeting deadlines. I need time away. Even as a husband. I love my wife. I love my children, but I need the time away. I need a time where I can just relax. And although I don't meditate in a traditional manner, my meditation is sitting on a mountain somewhere and relaxing and taking my mind off of work or taking my mind off the day to day struggle of running a successful business. So I, when I say selfish, I just mean that I care a lot about myself. Okay. And I care a lot about what I do in this world. So I do need time alone. And, and that's sort of the path that I, I've decided to build for myself where work really hard, take a trip, work really hard, take a trip. Uh, and, and you know what, it's more than that. When I come home, I'm so motivated to work because I just took weeks off. Mm. You know, I don't hate work. I actually enjoy work. Uh, that when I come back, I'm rejuvenated, motivated. And I think I bring more to the table off a little hiatus where I'm traveling somewhere and, and I'm more productive that way. So it works best for myself. Of
1: course. All right
2: and sorry i just want to talk about this part is meditation like you said meditation for you is like sitting somewhere quiet and peaceful on a mountain for example well yes most people would think meditation is like sitting in a buddhist stance and just like closing your eyes and (laughs) humming but it's different for everyone because people have to find their style of meditation it's not the same for everyone around the world like for me i actually just like to lie down on the ground and just close my eyes. Just relax. I feel like very connected you know, when I do that. Like I'm part of the earth or something like that. I'm not, I'm not joking, by the way. I know it's, it sounds very funny. It sounds weird. Yeah. But it's something I do and I really enjoy. Plus just sitting down and like not having everything stimulating turned off. And just listening. I end up listening to just my thoughts. And that's me meditating and, you know, self-reflecting in the moment.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And I feel like deja vu because I've had this conversation with somebody that was really into (laughs) meditation. And they asked me that exact question, like, Chris, what do you feel as meditation? And my answer was somewhere along the lines of like, it's different for everyone. Uh, For me, it's like sitting in silence and just whatever it is, I don't have to have my eyes closed, but my eyes could be closed. I'm definitely into touch. There's something magical to me about touch. Um, So like, I mean, if I'm in Egypt, I definitely spend time to sit on the pyramid where I can, where I'm my, like with my clothes are touching the pyramid, but my hands need to touch. It's something to me, something very, very strong. And I'm also a strong believer in like aura. Yeah. So like when I'm around somebody that has like a positive aura, um, although it's not a meditation, it's something that like, I don't know. It's almost like a, it's a video game where like I get special human powers by being around people that are genuinely good. And I feel like I have a good sense of somebody, even through like a camera. If you're a bad person with bad intentions and a bad history, I feel like I'm very good at being like, wow, this guy's a not a good person to be around. And I also like become magnetized to people that are positive and high energy. So when I'm traveling uh, and, and you asked earlier, like, how do I find like a translator? I'm not looking for the best guide or the best translator. I'm looking for a good person that I actually want to be around and learn from. During my, you know, short duration of time within their area.
2: Catching vibes, noticing the the vibe of the person. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I I love that part because I tend to also apply my approach to people the same way. Because, like you said, even without talking to a person, you can see or watch them, how they move, how they act. Because body language uh, speaks uh, a lot about a, a person's aura and obviously when they first approach like first impressions and then talking again like sometimes first impressions actually can be deceiving like you can think that this person is is giving off a good vibe or good good aura and then you meet them again and just like there's something completely different today yeah and you realize it's like
1: oh they're hiding some that people first are approach.
0: good at masking some yeah. people are masking exactly out. that's the term oh uh, for sure
1: I'm not good at that. I need to get better at masking. <laughs> no, you're, uh, you're a good person. Thank
0: Anybody you. that's collected that many uh, emergency exits from airplanes <laughs> is, yes. a good, is a good He's person. I can tell. The
2: first one to notice to, to speak it to say it, man. <laughs> well, that was the
0: first thing I. That was the first thing I looked at. Uh, I thought it looked familiar. They always ask me to read that, but I, you know, I'm, I'm like, ah, this is the seven thousandth time I've been on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and it, it's amazing that it's like, they're a standard size. Somebody somewhere in the world said, okay, we need to make this all the same size for it to fit so uh, <laughs> perfectly on your wall.
1: And it's so beautiful. The graphics are gorgeous too. That's why hey, I love it. Yeah, exactly.
0: One year today, let's, uh, re, re, we'll relive this conversation in, in my white wall in the back. Uh, I might have a few of these little documents. I might go end for it. Up, I'm a hoarder. Eh? I, I love to collect on my travels, but mm-hmm. this could be something new. Uh, that I add to my collection.
1: No, definitely. I I learned about it online. I saw someone doing it online, like collecting it just for the fun of it. And, you know, it fit the theme of the podcast. So I thought, why not? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you, you You have the best background of the three of us. Yeah, let's, let's go.
1: <laughs> Thank you. All right. Christmas list. Um, we're kind of wrapping up on time here, but I do need to know, um, what am I supposed to do to become like Christmas list? <laughs> what
0: manner? Like, uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> all it, right. It, for now. I'm. I'm first young, of all, I think get I'm those funky glasses, buddy.
1: <laughs> get those funky glasses. <laughs> yeah. First no, I mean I. I love traveling too, and I'd love to get to the point where I can travel uh around the world, and uh more so, and I'm not in like right now when I travel, I do ra- travel frugally, uh but I would like to get to the point where you know uh you're at where you can travel with more comfort. And uh, so you can explore things more. So uh, do you want to tell us a bit, like a bit of advice on um, how to make it happen?
0: Yeah, you know what? Well, first and foremost, you know, money has nothing to do with travel. Mm -hmm. I've met world travelers that have seen more countries than me that make one-tenth or one-twentieth of what I earn from an income standpoint. Um, So, you you know, even frugal traveling is possible. I met a, a girl, 33 years old in Afghanistan. Her name was Yin. 33, she was on country number 148 Wow. with no job and no YouTube money coming in, nothing. Uh, and when I asked her, she's like, she gave me the whole plan on traveling frugally. You know, couch surfing is $8 per month. Uh, the food normally is free based on the host. Um, so, I mean, it is 100% possible. I don't want to make it look like you have to be wealthy to travel the world because you don't. There are, There are ways around it. Uh, from me, my standpoint is I snore, okay? I'm loud. At, I snore. I don't even know if there's a cure for this, but I'm loud. My wife, I don't know how she doesn't mention it. I can't sleep, I can't sleep on someone's couch, okay? It's not because I'm too good to sleep on someone's couch. It's that I'm embarrassed. I don't want to wake up a nice, honest stranger for allowing me in their house. So I don't want to make it look like I'm prissy and I need to eat at the best restaurants or I need to. Man, in Afghanistan, I stayed in one hotel that was four dollars and it was a blanket on the ground with no washroom. Uh, me, from a standpoint of, of, of like making money, uh, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, from birth, I just felt like once again, I wasn't school smart or book smart, but I always had the gab for selling. Uh, it's something I enjoyed. And the way I always worked best in life was like work hard and reward yourself. So I've always, always, always treated that. And my rewards often, you know, once I bought the cars I wanted to, uh, my reward is like travel, um, you know, cause I have everything, I have the flashy stuff already. Um, now, what is that for somebody else? Or what, what, what words of encouragement can I give? It's like, if travel is something that's important to you, you'll find a way to make time for it and you'll find a budget to do it. It might mean sacrificing other things, uh, but I mean, it's 100% doable. From a business standpoint, uh, like I'm just a strong believer of like you have one life to live right like I I need to do the best I can in this world and that does not include me working for somebody else. Okay, I I need to financially have the ability to take care of my family and do everything in the world that I want to do. And I don't feel any shame in that money has been my motivation for years and years and years. Uh, and it's got me to a place now that I can enjoy it and, and I can do the things I've always wanted to do. I think for each person, you've got to sort of find out your why, and if your, your, your why is to buy a big house or a car or to travel the world, you then have to reverse engineer success and figure out what is it going to take for you to reach that why. Is it going to mean that you're going to sacrifice or work hard for the next 10 years of your life, three jobs? Uh, you know, it could be that or it could mean taking a risk and starting your own business, or it could be starting your own podcast uh, and putting out 10,000 episodes before one does really, really well. Like I came across your I never told you this, I came across your podcast when I was in Kuwait because I was like trying to find a rapper in Kuwait because normally <laughs> I look at rappers uh, and, I, and then I'll be like sort of invite myself to their neighborhood. So I'll like find like an underground rapper be like, hey, I'm in your city or your country, can you show me around? Because rappers just seem to know shit, right? So that's why I, I found a big guy—I don't even remember his name—with tattoos, and he's—I'm he's, a rapper from Kuwait, but I'm not living in Kuwait, uh, and that's how I found you guys. Um, so
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got
0: completely, completely off topic, uh, but I mean, just being persistent and consistency. Like my 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 slogan is like consistency wins all the time. You know, I, I've created like 70 videos on YouTube. The first 50 of them, nobody watched. And then all of a sudden I went to Haiti and, and started getting millions of views. I see. Uh, so, I mean, it's just through consistency. It, it's just about keep doing the things you enjoy, understanding that at some point, if what you're doing is authentic and good and enjoyable, other people will catch on and, and just eliminate time from the equation. You don't set a goal that you need to blow up in the next six months or a year. Do what you enjoy doing and just do it and do it and do it. And eventually it will work out for you.
1: Incredible um Said, so any last questions before we wrap up
2: here i i wanted to go to the point of like i completely agree with what you're saying in the end. it's it's such a cool thing where you just if you just keep putting the effort and putting the work in it doesn't matter what it is what we are doing eventually it's just going to blow up because like like you said if we do ten thousand episodes and then one blows up that's it that's you know everything's just authentic
0: authenticity you know people can tell if you're doing it as a job or you're doing it for fun Mm
2: -hmm. exactly
0: all it takes for you to do is one huge interview with one huge celebrity and Mm -hmm. it completely changes everything your loyal fan base just goes through the roof so it's just consistency.
2: and this brings me to the point about uh, success because like success is different also for each individual some people blow up when they're in their 20s some people blow up when they're in their 40s I mean, the guy who made KFC made, made it when he was like, what, in the late six, early 60s or something like that? Yeah. That's, yeah. it's different for every person. So I, sure. I wanted to hear your opinion on that. Like, what is your opinion on success and how, and like, when it comes in different ages for different people? What's yeah. your opinion on that point?
0: My definition of success is like um, the ability to do what you want when you want mm-hmm. for everything. Okay, like that is my definition of success, because success is the metric itself is financial. But I think equally the metric should be happiness, Mm -hmm. Uh, because like I know people that don't have money, they don't live in the biggest house, but they're happy. So that's successful. I think their life is successful. they are not arguing with their wife. That's a level of success. I just think normally profit dictates success. It should have, there is a level of it. Like if you're broke and you have no food to eat, uh, I don't think you're successful. But everybody, no matter, you know, as humans, we're all equal. But I mean, the location that you're born and live in, the circumstances plays a huge role. You know, would Jay-Z be as popular if he was born in Alaska, even if he had the same talent? Probably not. We'll never know. So, I mean, talent is important, but location, the location in which you're born and the opportunity you're given uh, plays a huge role uh, so success for me is the ability to do what you want like eat what you want be happy when you want travel when you want just the ability to do what you want
2: um before we end Ali, I just, maybe i'll actually disagree with you on this point about location because for me location doesn't necessarily you know affect how your success is going to be it like it's not a, a fixed variable it's something you can change because You can have people that come from, like, like for example, Malala came from Afghanistan, and now she's a very popular person, spokesperson and a very influential figure. So, but she didn't come from, like, a similar, from, like, a first world country. Uh,
0: Okay, so I'll rebut my rebuttal. Okay, you're picking one person. Uh, Let's say there's 40 million people in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. You're picking one person that's been successful. Now, let me do the opposite, okay? Let me say that uh, I was in a nomad community of 250 people in Afghanistan. What is the likelihood that one of those children that have no school, no education, no food, no future becomes somebody of success? Like, what, what is the likelihood? Versus uh, a child that's born in New York City uh, to a middle-class family, that has all the opportunities at school, equal rights, learning, to say that little girl that's in the Nomad has equal chances or even at chance, as realists, like as a real human being, I know there are people on planet Earth that have zero chance at success, zero. Parents are drug dealers, drug addicts, in jail, uh, homeless. Let's be real and say that their chance of, of, of thriving is almost if not nothing like it's almost zero so we can't say based on one successful person that came from afghanistan that all people of afghanistan have the same opportunity as the people of the usa and canada we got to be real with that and say this is we're in a we're, we're already in front of them just the 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 simple fact that we get school we have shoes right so I applaud the people that came from nothing. And I know most of the time it's through hard, hard work. But there is a percentage of luck in there that somewhere along the way they met somebody or they did something or got media coverage in a, in a way through their hard work that propelled them to the front. But I would be a liar to say that somebody in Afghanistan or Iraq or Africa or Haiti has an equal chance to success that I do because they don't, and I'm okay with disagreeing with you, and I'm okay with us both having our own opinion, you know, the fun of conversation is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing this, Um, I'm, of course, you're open to it, but I've met people that, that are very, very intelligent, that have no hope, because simply, either the way they look, or the location they live in.
1: Wow, yeah, no, that's, uh, Chris knows, man, just listen to Chris, <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> Chris, why do, what's your list
0: about? Christmas list. What's up? What are you? Yeah, it's like a bucket list, right? It's mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the things you want to do before you die is your bucket list. I never really understood a bucket list. Um, I just remember when I was a kid, uh, you know, instead of, you know, my parents saying, put together your Christmas list, you know, your list of things you want for Christmas. It was always put your Christmas list together oh person, my christmas list is just like the must things i must do uh before i i leave planet earth i play um, on yeah. words
2: with christmas coming up as well <laughs> christmas coming yeah. up. and the bucket
0: list right it is, it is my bucket list i just think it sounds a little bit better than a a bucket to me doesn't sound like encouraging or exciting <laughs> bucket of what so it's my is my must list my must mm. see list
2: all oh, right uh, yeah
1: Thank you, Thomas,
2: Chris, for your time. Yeah, yeah I, I just wanted—I was going to say Zach, like, so you in that list, you don't know what's next on the list, right? Yeah, I know
0: you're... seeing every country in the in the world is on the list. Uh, As in which I'm country, the... I mean? I, I believe Venezuela will be my next. I'm going to go apply right. for a visa tomorrow or the next day. Uh, I have five countries left in Central America and South America to complete the whole continent. Uh, so I think I'll do those five countries next. Uh, hopefully the beginning wow. of December and then at least it will be the first time I'm checking off continents. So, um, I'm, Damn. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that.
2: <laughs> that's the, the new plan, you know, complete, completing so, continents no, one Syria, by one,
0: Lebanon, Iraq will be my next like real big adventure. Uh, at, like the beginning of January, somewhere, somewhere in January. I'll see when my wife Maybe we'll see you
2: me. next year in, uh, in Lebanon if I'm passing by.
0: <laughs> no, for sure. Well, if we're there both at the same time, you know, sometimes lightning strikes like that and, and it works.
1: Um, incredible, Chris. Thanks. It was a pleasure it's to great. meet you. Of course, I've uh, learned a lot and a great episode and um, hopefully we'll get to see you in person sometime in our travel somewhere and an adventure together.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. Well, well, Let me take a moment to say thank you guys uh, very much for the opportunity. Uh, it means the world Um, in having a good, genuine, just just like a conversation uh, with people that are high energy. Uh, If nobody watches this video, I'm okay. I still had a good hour, um, but I know people will watch and I'll help uh, promote it as well. Yeah. I appreciate appreciate the opportunity uh, and thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Subscribe. All right. Signing out. Adios, amigos. Salute to the camera.